Welcome to Cases and Controversies, a legal podcast from Bloomberg Law. I'm Jordan Rubin, and I'm here with Kimberly Robinson. On this episode, we're recapping the Supreme Court's highly anticipated decision in Masterpiece Cake Shop, the battle between an anti-discrimination law and the First Amendment. On June 4th, the court sided with Colorado baker Jack Phillips, who wouldn't make a cake for a same-sex couple. And we're happy to have two lawyers involved in the case to give their views on the outcome and what it means going forward. Kimberly, can you tee the case up for us first, what the court decided in Masterpiece Cake Shop? Well, sure. So the Masterpiece Cake Shop decision was a little bit surprising in that this was one of the cases that many court watchers had anticipated would be a 5-4 decision pitting uh conservatives versus liberals with Justice Kennedy somewhere in the middle. But that's not actually what happened. Instead, we got a 7-2 to decision from the court um, showing some broad agreement. Uh, But the reasoning on which they based their decision was pretty narrow um, and probably explains why they were able to get the 7-2 to decision. And Importantly, the court did not tackle the really big issue of whether or not the First Amendment uh, required must give way to state anti-discrimination laws or whether or not state anti-discrimination laws can trump First Amendment rights. Instead, what the court found was that in considering uh, that big, broad question, that states must be neutral uh, to both the First Amendment claims and to the um, parties that are claiming discrimination. And they said that in this case, uh, that didn't happen. They said that the commission that considered the case below showed hostility towards religion and that that is not something that that the Constitution allows. So, again, the the reasoning was pretty narrow uh, that they ended up on. So basically, they dodged the big questions that they could have decided and that people were anticipating, maybe hoping, maybe not hoping that the court would actually decide. Is that right? Well, that's right. And that's probably because it's a pretty hard question um, to answer. And so uh, we kind of are left to wait and see what will happen with that broad question. And so you said that there was broad agreement, uh, but not everyone agreed. Can you talk a little bit about what the dissent argued? Right. So the two in dissent are Justice Ginsburg and Justice Sotomayor. And and their their dissent starts out by saying that they really agree with a lot of what the majority says. Um, In general, they agree that there must be some accommodation for First Amendment rights um, and anti-discrimination laws in a society like ours that's very diverse. Uh, But they disagreed that the commission here showed any kind of, or that the process here showed any kind of hostility. They said, even if you agree that some of the things that the majority opinion pointed to showed some kind of hostility towards religion, that there are all these other layers of review that happened, um, which kind of removed the discriminatory or or the hostility um, that the particular commission showed, uh, and that when you look at the process as a whole, then the baker here did receive a neutral forum, and it's just that, uh, you know, his First Amendment rights have to give way to state anti-discrimination laws. Okay, thanks for that recap, Kimberly. Now let's talk to two of the lawyers who are involved in the case. Great. So first we have David Cole, the legal director of the ACLU. David has litigated many cases at the Supreme Court. And last December, he argued at the court on behalf of the couple who was turned away from Masterpiece Cake Shop. But to accept his argument leads to unacceptable consequences. A bakery could refuse to sell a birthday cake to a black family 
if it objected to celebrating black lives. David, thanks for joining us on Cases and Controversies. My pleasure. So, David, after the decision came out on June 4th, you wrote that from your point of view, you lost the battle but won the war. Can you explain a little bit what you mean by that? Well, um, the court uh, took this case um, where in a situation where all the lower courts had held that there is no First Amendment right to uh, get a free pass from anti-discrimination laws, that even if you object to a particular message, you can't discriminate if you operate a business open to the public on the basis of sexual orientation. Um, that's the argument, the, the argument that the Baker um, principally uh, made and that the United States as Solicitor General came in and supported, namely that there is a First Amendment compelled speech right to discriminate. The court did not grant that right. Uh, it's Instead, it, um, it ruled very narrowly that the processing of this particular claim by the Colorado Civil Rights Commission was tainted by religious bias by uh, from a couple of the commissioners on that commission. Uh, and in doing so, it, it included very strong language saying that there, of course, states generally can prohibit discrimination and there is no uh, First Amendment exemption from those kinds of anti-discrimination laws. So, um, so if tomorrow uh, my clients were to go to Masterpiece Cake Shop and to ask for a cake uh, uh, to celebrate the anniversary of their same-sex wedding, uh, Masterpiece Cake Shop would have no First Amendment right to, uh, to turn them away. Okay, and so in terms of going forward, are there any other cases that you think uh, will be affected by the Masterpiece Cake Shop decision? Any pending cases that you can talk to us about? Yeah, so, well, I, I mean, for, I think very few, if any cases, will be will be affected in a literal way by the Masterpiece Cake Shop case because it was decided on such narrow and you know case-specific grounds. I mean, if yeah, if, if other uh, commissioners, civil rights commissioners, adjudicating other claims make statements that the court consi courts consider to be uh, evidence of religious animus, then Masterpiece Cake Shop might uh, might support free exercise claims in those cases. But otherwise, I think it's going to support the general trend of the cases below, which is that um, which is consistent with the way the Supreme Court has ruled since the 1970s. And that is that states have the power to enact generally applicable anti-discrimination laws to businesses that choose to open to the public, and that those businesses can't assert either speech or free exercise objections to treating people uh, fairly when they walk in the door, whether those are objections to race, uh, to integration, which were the initial objections uh, uh, raised and rejected by the courts, or whether they are objections to same-sex marriage, which are the claims made um, made these days. And so, David, then, is your view essentially that if another case comes up and there isn't the same specific proof that the court relied on as animus from a commission like there was in Colorado, that the case would turn out differently? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the first part of the majority opinion, I think, makes that very clear in, 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 in no uncertain terms. I mean, Justice Kennedy says, you know, we, we could not accept a, a ruling that said, that allowed businesses to put up signs in their 
windows saying, you know, we don't serve gays and lesbians for X, Y, and Z. And, and that's what that's what Masterpiece Cake Shop was seeking, and that's what the Solicitor General for Donald Trump was seeking. They were seeking a ruling that would say that the cake shop has a constitutional right to discriminate, and that would mean that the cake shop would have a constitutional right to put up a sign in its window saying, we don't make wedding cakes for gays and lesbians. And so could all sorts of other businesses that are expressive. And, and Justice Kennedy made clear uh, in his opinion that that would be unacceptable because of the stigma it would uh, it would uh, impose uh, on the entire uh, LGBT community. So I suspect the courts below will continue to do as they have, which is to rule against these claims. The Supreme Court actually has right now pending before it a petition in a case called Arlene's Flowers, uh, in which we also represent the the gay couple, and there too we won at that coming out of the Washington State Supreme Court. Uh, the same lawyers who represented Masterpiece Cake Shop petitioned for review before the Supreme Court in that case. You know, my guess is that the court will deny cert uh, in that case, uh, thereby upholding the lower court decision, which is that you can't. You don't have a First Amendment right to discriminate. David, can you talk about, in this Arlene's Flowers case, why you think, say, if the court were to hear it, why you think it might turn out differently? Well, if the court were to hear it, then th this is a case where there's zero evidence that the um, Washington uh, adjudicatory bodies, the, the courts that heard the case, uh, engaged in any kind of religious animus or religious discrimination. And so the first part of Justice Kennedy's opinion in 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 Masterpiece Cake Shop, which is the part that talks about uh, the um, uh, clear validity of anti-discrimination laws and the and the real risks of broad uh, First Amendment exemptions to those laws, would govern. The second part of Masterpiece Cake Shop, which was directed at the particular uh, uh, statements made by civil rights commissioners that the court thought showed hostility to religion and uh, a, a particular disparate, uh, what they saw as disparate treatment of, of a couple of discrimination claims, that's not present in Arlene's Flowers in any way, shape, or form. So um, it would present a clean, uh, a clean record on which to address the question that the court initially uh, took Masterpiece Cake Shop to address. But, but having, you know, I think really gone out of their way to um, avoid deciding that in Masterpiece Cake Shop, I think that they're, you know, not, not likely to take cert in Arlene's flowers. But if they do, I'm quite confident that it will prevail. Uh, hi, David. This is Kimberly. Can you talk a little bit about um, the implications of the Masterpiece Cake Shop case for the court's consideration of the legality of President Trump's travel ban? I know you yeah. guys are also involved in that in that case as well. Right. So uh, that's a great a, a great question. So. You know, in, in Masterpiece Cake Shop, you have a situation where I mean, the court did not take Masterpiece Cake Shop to decide whether some low-level civil rights commissioner made a statement that they considered, um, you know, uh, intolerant of religion. Um, but they were clearly, once they took the case, they were clearly bothered by this low-level commissioner's statement. And what she said was um, she thinks it's despicable when people invoke religion to harm others. Um, now, you know, she shouldn't have probably used the word despicable. That's not, a, you know, just like deplorable, not a great word to use. But that's if she had said it's wrong to invoke religion to harm others, that would simply be a statement of the law. You can't invoke your free exercise rights in order to harm another person. 
you know, your your rights end at the other person's nose. So, um, but nonetheless, the court deemed that evidence of religious bias. Another statement they cited was a statement that said that the, the baker in this case is free to have his religious beliefs, but he can't act on them when he chooses to go into business open to the public. Well, again, that's just a statement of the law. And actually, the Supreme Court has said that in rejecting uh, claims by um, by restaurant owners that their religious principles against, integra- against integration allowed them to uh, segregate um, uh, on the basis of race. The court rejected that as patently frivolous uh, in a case called Newman versus Piggy Park that the court cited in its Masterpiece Cake Shop case. So so there was pretty flimsy evidence of anti-religious animus, and yet the court was uh, obviously very concerned about it. Justice Kennedy raised it at the argument, uh, directly uh, asked the Colorado Solicitor General to disavow these statements, etc. Now compare that, and that's what they ultimately rest their decision on, compare that to what we have in the Muslim ban case. We have the most powerful person in the United States, the president of the United States, making explicitly anti-Muslim statements, promising to keep Muslims out of the country because they are Muslim, explaining that he will do so by targeting Muslim countries rather than targeting Muslim religion as such, and then seven days after taking office, putting in place precisely that plan, targeting uh, uh, countries that have between uh, 91 and 99 percent um, uh, Muslim population and precluding all of them from coming into uh, the country. Much more powerful evidence of religious hostility and religious intolerance from the president of the United States uh, than, uh, than in the Colorado case. So, you know, if they're consistent, uh, I think it's a good sign that they uh, should find in, in our favor on our Establishment Clause challenge to President Trump's uh, imposition of the Muslim ban. Okay, thanks, David. So we'll be looking out to see what the court does in the travel ban case and Arlene's Flowers and any other similar cases. Uh, Thanks again for joining us on Cases and Controversies. Great. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks, David. Take care. So next, we're going to speak to Jim Campbell. He's senior counsel for the Alliance Defending Freedom, and that's the group that represented the baker in the case, Jack Phillips. Jim, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us on Cases and Controversies. I'm doing well. Thanks for inviting me. Sure. So after the decision came down on June 4th, a lawyer for the couple wrote that from his point of view, they had lost the battle but won the war. What do you think about that? Um, I, I disagree with that. Uh, I think that certainly um, the battle was decided in favor of the cake artist Jack Phillips, but I think the, the larger war remains to be, uh, to be worked out in the courts. I think that's very clearly what the majority opinion says. Uh, it gave some parameters as to how future courts and, and other cases should navigate these questions, but it, it did not decide uh, some of these ultimate questions regarding uh, artistic freedom, freedom of speech, and freedom of religion. And so how do you think that this decision in Masterpiece Cake Shop will apply when those bigger issues come up? Or do you think that the case really won't apply given the somewhat limited holding? I do think it will apply uh, for a number of reasons. One, the court made it 
pretty clear that uh, the government must respect the beliefs of people like Jack Phillips. So those folks out there who believe that marriage is a union of a man and a woman as a matter of their faith, and they want to live consistent with that, this decision makes it very clear that the government can't deride those beliefs, can't demean those beliefs, and that it needs to respect those. So I think that that is going to affect some of the future cases. And then I do think that the court also gave some parameters for how courts should navigate um, these issues going forward. They've said, uh, on the one hand, um, the law can't be applied in a way that unnecessarily uh, demeans same-sex couples. And on the other hand, the law can't be applied in a way that unnecessarily uh, demeans people of faith. And so I think that there is a, a path forward between those two uh, markers, and, and I think courts uh, in the future will have to navigate that. And so, Jim, can you tell us how you think that the case might apply to any cases that are, are pending, if you think that any will apply? Sure. I, I think that um, one thing um, that, that, that we'll see in the future is um, courts uh, acknowledging that in some cases uh, these creative professionals are in fact speaking. Um, and I think that the court certainly implied that uh, with some of the statements that it made. It said that uh, these beliefs and these views uh, about marriage that people like Jack Phillips hold, that those are protected under the Constitution, and in some instances, they're protected expression as well. Um, and so, you know, there are a number of cases uh, that are currently working their way up through the court system. There are cases involving uh, filmmakers and photographers, cases involving calligraphers and painters, uh, cases involving printers. And I think a, a lot of those uh, individuals are clearly engaged in speech and clearly engaged in expression. And so ultimately, I think that this decision will uh, benefit them when their cases reach the higher courts. Uh, Jim, can you talk at all specifically about how you think the decision might affect the pending Arlene's Flowers petition? Uh, yes. I, I, if, you, if you look at that case, um, there is evidence of anti-religious hostility there as well. And I think that that uh, will have a role to play. And so some examples of, of what exists in that case is um, the attorney general of the state of Washington found out about the case through social media, found out about the circumstance and the situation through social media, and on his own initiative, initiated a lawsuit that used unprecedented measures and specifically sought to sue uh, the floral artist Baronelle Stutzman in her personal capacity. It wasn't just enough to sue her business and, and her and her uh, business and, and professional capacity, but actually sued her in her um, personal capacity. And, and so that those facts and other facts in the case we think show that the government was really singling out Baronelle, was targeting her because it dislikes her faith, uh, was specifically being vindictive and hostile in going after her uh, in a personal liability capacity. Um, and the other thing to keep in mind is that there are other cases that have similar, I wouldn't even call them similar circumstances, there are other situations that have arisen in the state of Washington um, where business owners have um, been discriminating against people. Um, you know, Baronelle is someone that serves everyone, and she's someone that simply can't express certain messages or celebrate certain events. But there are other people that are outright discriminating, uh, throwing Christians out of their shop. The case I'm specifically thinking of involves Bedlam Coffee, which is a coffee shop in, in Seattle. 
And even though that was widely publicized late last year, the Attorney General of the state of Washington did nothing about it, at least certainly didn't respond in the way he did uh, to Baronell. And so we think that there's there's evidence, certainly, of hostility and unequal treatment going on in that state that's similar to what the court struck down in Masterpiece Cake Shop. So it's your view that by suing the florist in her individual capacity, that that itself is something that shows an animus? I, th- I think it is one factor among many. Uh, I think other factors are uh, that the state trial court um, compared her and her case to an owner of a 7-Eleven that had a policy against flatly, reserving, uh, flatly refusing to serve African-American customers. Uh, we think that that's another example of of the, the hostility towards her faith. And, and there are a number of other things in the case. But yes, I do think that uh, suing uh, Baronell in her personal capacity, uh, putting her on the line uh, to pay for attorney's fees and other damages and liability um, that risk taking away her, her personal finances, her life savings and things like that, that to me uh, shows a, a, a hostility and animosity that goes well beyond just trying to enforce the law. Okay. Thanks, Jim. We'll be looking out to see what happens in the Arlene's Flowers case and other cases. Again, we appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jim. Take care. Well, there we have the two opposing views on the case from the lawyers involved. Thanks again to David Cole and Jim Campbell for joining us. And that's it for this episode. Remember, you can follow Kimberly on Twitter at Kimberly Robinson, no O at the end. I'm at Jordan underscore S underscore Rubin. And be sure to follow along at bna.com for the latest. Thanks again.